I know my son very, very well. I know exactly what he would want me to do. I know that he would want us to continue living. I know that he would want us to take care of Maya. I know that he would want us to be good. Yeah. I know he'd want us to um, embrace our family. I know all these things. So even though he's not here in body, like I know his heart and his heart came from us. So we just continue in that vein. When life gives you lemons, what do you do with them? Over here at The Squeeze, we We talk talk about it. Hello, hello, hello. One more time, hello. And welcome to The Squeeze. We are the Taylor Lautners, and we are thankful that you are joining us this Wednesday. Yes, grateful to see another, another Wednesday go by. Yes. Grateful to spend it with you guys. Grateful to have each and every one of you. Yes. I hope your week is going well so far. Um, and I know you're going to crush the rest of the week. Heck yeah. For now, let's dive into some mental health. Woohoo. <laughs> Just how we'd love to spend our Wednesday. Yes. Get us through that help. Um, we have a very special episode we today. Uh, I have been waiting for this episode for quite some time. Yeah. When we first started the podcast, these two people were people that we knew we wanted on immediately. Yeah. Didn't know if they would be open to it. Thankfully, they were. And it's taken us a little bit of time to get here. But we finally got them on, had an amazing conversation with them. We have Victor and Libby Boyce, the parents of Cameron Boyce. If you are unaware, Cameron was an amazing um, child actor, started on Disney Channel, um, just worked a lot, never stopped working, to be honest. I did Grown Ups 2 with him. He was in The Descendants. Jesse. Jesse. Was that the Disney show? Yeah. He never stopped working. He was in everything. Um, And best known for who he was as a person. And unfortunately, in 2019, he passed away in the middle of the night. From epilepsy. From epilepsy. Yeah. And specifically from SUDEP. Yes. Sudden unexpected death in epilepsy patients. Yes. He started experiencing um, his first seizure in 2017, I believe. Um, And he had, you know, just a handful of them, about, about five and only about one, two max a year. Um, and unfortunately, the fifth one took his life. Um, but the outpour of love um, from people that knew him, people that didn't know him, was just truly unbelievable to witness and really just goes to show who he was as a person and the impact he had on so many lives in We are just so thankful to have Victor and Libby with us today to talk about Cameron and his legacy because what he did just as a person and what they are doing through the Cameron Boyce Foundation is just so beautiful and he is still still changing so many lives, saving lives today. So yeah, I think without further ado, we can just jump right in. Thank you, Victor and Libby, for for being here with us today. 
Um, and thank you for sharing Cameron's story. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We're so truly so excited to have you guys. Um, the same can't be said about the circumstance, which we're deeply sorry for, but we just feel so honored um, that you guys felt safe enough to come here and talk about your son and his legacy and all the all the positive and beautiful things that has come from his life. So we just, we feel really, really honored and just thank you for that. Thank, thank you for you. having us, of course. Um, I mean, I would just, I would like to dive like right into, you know, who Cameron was and his story because obviously, you know, we know his story. I mean, him and Taylor did a movie together. Um, Grownups too. Quite some time <laughs> ago, but uh, we know his story. But for our audience listening, uh, I'd love for you guys just to kind of share, you know, who he was as a person and his story. Well, he was just a special kid um, who was very, very interested in dance very early. We didn't even know about it. It was like a big surprise to us. Oh, we wow. went to pick him up at daycare and they said, come see our dance recital. And preschool. So we daycare. came, whatever, preschool, <laughs> daycare. He was little. Uh, he was like four or five. Oh, and wow. um, we had no idea they were even doing dance. And uh, they did a little performance and it was cam the camera show and all the kids stood around picking their nose and like watching camera dance. Oh my gosh. Um, and we were just kind of blown away and just saw his pure joy of performing and like leading and just he was just on fire like wow like just natural you know and so uh, we just decided to take him to dance lessons wow. and we took him to a dance uh, place in North Hollywood Millennium which a lot oh yeah a lot of dancers come from Millennium and he got right into the kids um, company there and and that's where it sort of all started but you know Cameron was a kid who watched the world a lot he was very very observant we used to worry about him a little bit because it was like he's not participating he just watches what is going on but he was right. so intent in that and he like didn't participate until he could be at 100 percent. we we observed this with him yeah. um but because he was a millennium and there were a lot of kids there that were doing some acting and he wanted to try it and we thought oh, we'll try it and there he went really it took off very very quickly he never had an acting class ever oh. Um, he just had a true joy of life, of performing, of his craft. He was really, especially the year or two before he passed away, just really interested in his craft and 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 building off of everything he had learned, but also stuff that was innate in him, including uh, choreographing dance. And he was really getting into the craft of performing in a different way, I think, than I've seen a lot of other, you know, young uh, uh, actors come up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's just an incredible human. Like, I don't know even how it's you can't unless you meet him. It's it's yeah. hard to. But a lot of people who haven't met him get it, too. Yeah. It's yeah. a weird. Yeah. You know, he was just a very special person. He was a very, very old, old soul. If yeah. you believe in that. Um, the conversations I had with him, I often felt like I was his student. I mean, it was weird. I can't really wow. describe that. And I don't know, Vic, I'm sure oh, you yeah. have to add. No, you said it perfectly. It, he just came out that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people say, what did you guys do? How did you get it? We didn't do anything. Wow. We just fed him and read to him and 
sang and danced with him and loved him. And then he just created his own path. Yeah. Wow. I feel like it's so evident. You like saying those things about him, like me just watching, you know, movies and shows that he's done and seeing interviews with him. That's how I would have described him, but I don't even like know him personally, you know? So that's, that's so cool that that was able to shine through it, through his work and through interviews. Yeah. yeah. There clearly was something so special uh, in moving about him because um, I mean, just from our point of view and from, you know, most people's point of view, the overwhelming love Mm. from so many people um, towards him uh, just was like, uh, you know, I didn't know him very well, but mm-hmm. like it, it made me emotional. Mm-hmm. Just like the outpouring of love um, and positivity towards um, one person was just like really moving. Yeah. Um, and I, I know he himself, you know, came out like that and, and was special, but clearly you guys did something right. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think so a little bit, but you take know, take a little credit. Yeah, take, take so. <laughs> he was truly just kind of extraordinary. And a lot of fans say what you're saying, like yeah. they didn't know him personally, but somehow something came through that touched their heart in a way that, you know, it's just, it's kind of like not being the most spiritual person in the world. It's a big question mark for me. Like, what is that? What yeah. is that thing yeah. that yeah. he had? Yeah, I think also special. like a lot of people that worked with him, like you and other people, they felt like he was or they knew right away that he was genuine mm-hmm. in a world where most people were being very pretentious or putting on a face or trying to do what people think they should do. Where Cameron was just Cameron. Yeah. Whether he was on stage or on set or not, you always got the same human. And so he was predictable in that way. Mm-hmm. And then you really got to know him for real, not the persona of whatever character he happened to be playing at the time. Yeah. And uh, when we first started doing TV, like he started with print ads. We did a lot of print. I say we. I was I was dadager yeah. and driver. <laughs> so I had the same thing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, people started telling me. And when I say people, I mean people like from Crafty and from yeah. the Grips. And they said, you know, your, your kid is different from some of the other kids. And I thought, oh, no, like, what did he do? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. He's really he's really nice. And he's and he really pays attention and he takes direction. And I'm like, first, I thought they were just like, you know, blowing smoke. But it kept happening. And all different people from different areas of the of the shoots and the jobs he would do would tell me how not special, but like like he was different. And he he was like so nice and like how different that was. Like, really? And I didn't buy it for a long time. It took me like a year or more to really start believing it. And then I said, wow, I guess there's something to this. Yeah. Well, we also saw a lot of other young actors well, yeah, we, and could we, compare a little. We had some good examples of what to do or not to do, yeah. you know, not calling anybody out. But, you know, it's stressful as a kid to be not in school, to, to, to be put into a situation where you think you're supposed to be a star. Like even Cameron told me one time he didn't understand his level of fame when he was like eight. Like, how was he supposed to deal with that? So it, it's stressful for a kid, but he was always one to take it in stride and not let it define him so much yeah. as, as we found some other kids did. So I he, think that he, was that also shown through a lot. He, he also was really uncomfortable with the, the fame, I guess, for a while. And I know there was one point at which I was with him and we ran into Corbin. It was Corbin. Corbin Blue. Yeah, yeah. it was Corbin. Yeah. And. I shared with Corbin that Cameron was having a hard time with that. 
and I don't know, Corbin took him aside. And after that moment, well, what Corbin told him basically was that, you know, your fans grow up with you Mm -hmm. and you will have the same fans from when you were eight to when forever, but they will grow up with you. So you guys are kind of all in the same space. And and he added more to it. I forget what it, exactly what it was, but whatever he said after that, yeah, it, it really in. clicked with Cameron, and he just was just like at ease after that. Wow. Yeah, Corbin's a good dude, and 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 obviously he'd gone through it. And he he knew. Yeah. And um, I'm grateful for that moment. Totally. Actually. Totally. Yeah, that really helped us out a lot. The other thing that was a struggle for Cameron, not so much for him, but for our daughter Maya, because Cameron had so much attention on him all the time. It was stressful on her being Cameron's sister. Mm. Literally the same story. Yeah, yeah, that was really hard on us because we didn't really know how to deal with that, you know, and I remember Maya had a total meltdown one time. Everything's about Cameron. Like, uh, and, and Cameron in his infinite wisdom, he talked to her and got her through that mess. Yeah. And uh, he was the best big brother. The best. Ever. He was so supportive of her. And, and um, you know, like we said, he's wise beyond his years, even as a, as a young person. And he knew what to say to Maya to get her mm. feeling safe and feeling seen and, yeah. and, and being her own person. And from that time, she decided to stop trying to like, she didn't try to be Cameron, but she was thinking she needed to go in his shoes right. to go her own direction. Yeah. And she did. And we're so proud of her. And and it's something that, you know, it, it, even though Cameron is gone, it's something that another legacy that he left. Yeah. It's his sister. For yeah. sure. For sure. How far uh, apart are they in age? Two years, two and seven and years. months. Okay. Two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just have a sister too. A little yeah. sister. A yeah. little. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But she's a powerhouse, so she's... So's Maya, so <laughs> yeah. they've got that in common. Oh, yeah. she, she's fully baked yeah, now. She's fully baked. <laughs> it's, it's no worries. So something, as you guys know, that has been a huge part of my mental health journey, Taylor's mental health journey, journeys as individuals, and as a couple, has been therapy. Amen. And that is why I am so excited to share our next sponsor with you guys, which is Cerebral. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support, 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. I love that Cerebral is 100% online because that means you have no excuse. You have to go. Like there's no, oh, I don't have time to go drive. It's too long of a drive. No, you can do it on your lunch break. You can do it before work, after work. And it's honestly just, it's convenient. Yeah. It's convenient and they have great therapists. Yeah. And it's, it'll just keep you accountable too. So we... Highly, highly encourage that you guys check out Cerebral because therapy has just done wonders for us. And we know it'll do the same for you. To get started on your path towards better mental health, Cerebral is giving our listeners 15% off their first month of online therapy, Woo-hoo. medication, or both. Get started at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code the squeeze to make 2024 your best year yet. That's Cerebral. C-E-R-E-B-R-A-L dot com slash podcast and use code the squeeze 
Offer is only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. See site for details. Get going on that therapy. There was definitely a time where it was like, well, what are we going to do? Because I didn't see an end to it I, I, because he kept getting bigger and bigger and yeah. bigger. You know, he just kept booking and booking and print led to commercials. Commercials led to TV. Movies. Uh, mo- yeah. or actually, I'm um, wrong. Commercials led to movies. He did movies first. Okay. And then he did TV. Okay. And it just kept going. And, uh, you know, we didn't want him to stop. And I, I would always ask him, are you sure you want to do this? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of kids get pushed by the parents. I'm not an actor. or I can't dance my way out of a paper bag. <laughs> and so neither one of those things are like, I'm living vicariously through him yeah. on, on those things. And so I would always ask him, do you still want to do this? Are you sure? Are you sure? And he kept saying, yes, 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 yes. From... Yeah. Six years old till forever. Wow. So I didn't want to pull him out of it because of my, so we had to figure out something and yeah. Cameron just handled it. Yeah. That balance is tricky. Super hard. His dad would have liked him to be a cyclist. So <laughs> yeah. truly, right. we were not interested in him being an actor or <laughs> yeah. dancer, any no, of those things, but it was his loved. joy. I tried to joy. get him to ride with me and he hated the tight clothes. <laughs> yeah. He would not... <laughs> <laughs> and he was actually a good little writer, but that just wasn't his no. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Cameron on that one. Yeah, <laughs> wow, that's... you got to be able to pull it off. <laughs> you got to be able to pull it off. <laughs> you know, it took me a minute as a dad to realize he is not mini me. Mm. Because you think your son, you know, for example, I, I was big time into Hot Wheels when I was little. Yeah, I, Hot Wheels everywhere, the track, the cars, I was all about that. So naturally, I get Cameron Hot Wheels, Hot Wheels. So all he would ever do with them, he wouldn't drive them as cars. He would just arrange them in color order. <laughs> Love that. Like that was what he did. Like <laughs> just creative. Like so, yeah. So I didn't get like, what are you doing? Those are cars. Like, <laughs> so long story short, he's an artist. Yeah. He wasn't a car guy. He liked his car that he had, but he wasn't like me like as a kid. Like I was all about that. Yeah. And he wasn't about that at all. You guys both had basketball. We had commonalities, music and basketball. Okay. But other than that, Cameron, you know, like I said, he was a dancer. I was never a dancer. I never wanted to be an actor. In fact, I didn't want him to be an actor because I grew up with a couple of uh, child stars that I also won't mention that they went really, really wrong. Yeah. So I was trepidatious as hell. For sure. Yeah. Getting him into that world. And um, it was like, oh, my God, do we have to? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> but it worked out, but it, it was not for me. It doesn't it was work not, out for most. I yeah. never, ever yeah, envisioned exactly. this as my life, just like I never envisioned this epilepsy thing as my life. You never know what's going to happen yeah. in, in, in your life. So you just can't be completely surprised. Because things can be kind of random. Yeah. yeah, You can plan and plan all you want, but then something can derail you or, or a newer opportunity can come it can be either way. Yeah. Um, so when Cameron really started booking, I couldn't believe it. Like, really? Yeah. yeah. Because it took a long time before he booked his first job. Yeah. All I was doing was taking, taking time off of work and getting parking tickets. <laughs> go into auditions and yeah. the meter runs out and they're yeah. like, oh God, another $60 took, for nothing. I don't know that it took a no, long time in like comparison to other people. Well, I don't know. Six months. It, for me, that was an eternity. Yeah. <laughs> because I kept right. missing work and, and what are we doing this for? Plus, I didn't know what I was doing. So the first audition, I'll never forget, we park, we go in, we find the place, we check in, we sign the little thing. He went behind a curtain. At first, I thought I was supposed to go with him. They're like, oh, no, no, no. You know, I, so I'm walking in behind like, duh, you don't do that. So he goes in and he came right back out. And I'm like, what happened? You know, they, 
whatever it was. I don't know. He's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is going on? And yeah. then we leave and that, that just kept happening. And then finally he booked a Disney print ad for a, a calendar. Uh, uh, yeah, calendar. It was a Christmas sure. calendar. Okay. No, no, it was Halloween because he was wearing a Halloween co- costume. I still have the, the, the oh, catalog. Wow. <laughs> and he had so much fun. And one kid kind of was not cooperating. So he did, took that kid's part as well. Okay. So he did double work and they were jumping on this little trampoline. It was almost the size of this table, little yeah. trampoline. They gave him the trampoline <laughs> and he got like, I want to say it was like $1,200, which I thought, oh my God, yeah. Yeah. this is amazing. Yeah. So, <laughs> and he loved it. And so from that day on, he just kept going. Mm-hmm. He yeah. never stopped. Wow. He never stopped. So that's why I always ask him, you know, do you still want to do this? And he kept saying, yes, yes, yes. I'll never forget another time. We were on the freeway and it was a lot of traffic. We were going somewhere for another print ad. And Cameron said, dad, where are all these people going? Because we were stuck in traffic. I said, well, they're going to work. And he said, I'm glad we don't have to go to work (laughs) as we're going to a job. And I just thought, this is amazing because he is going to work. But he loves what he does. does. So that's perfect. That's the goal of every human to love what you do and to not stress it. Then you won't work a day in your life. You don't work a day in your life. And I'll I'll never forget that. Yeah. It was amazing. Wow. Kids are fun. Yeah. Oh, it was great. <laughs> I'm glad we're not going to work. <laughs> and that shoot was very fun. They had a pillow fight. It, it, I forgot what the product was, know, but really. they were fighting with pillows. Those kids, it was like Abercrombie. I don't know, whatever it was. Yeah. But uh, he had a blast and it was great. Yeah. He had fun at work. Yeah, he, he had did. fun at work he all the time. Did. He, he always, always had fun at work. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Jumping forward here. When did the epilepsy come into the picture? When when was the first time that that was introduced or when was he diagnosed? Like well, when- he had his first seizure January 1st, 2016 or 17. Okay. I think he was 16 or 17. I don't remember anymore. But um, yeah, he was had a sleepover uh, with a couple of his friends and they came running into our room at about 6 a.m. saying that. Cameron was spitting up blood when in actuality, he was just biting his mouth. Um, And, you know, he was completely out of it when we went in, just like really didn't know who he was, where he was, nothing. He was just kind of vacant. Of course, we called 911. They came. They always have to check for child abuse. So they removed him from us. Mm -hmm. What's going on? And then they said, "Okay, who wants to take an ambulance ride? Vic jumped in and they went to the hospital and we were told that he had a seizure. Mm. Um, And uh, they told us that you can always have one free seizure, which actually, you know, like we've been living in this for a long time now. And and that's like not the best information to give, uh, you know, but. It's really like the time when you have a second seizure, you're considered as having epilepsy and they start okay. to treat you. Okay. Yeah, second seizure. A year months, later. It was something. like 13 months later. Oh, wow. So so when the the person that told us he could have, it's it's possible that you have one free one, meaning yeah. you'll never have another one. Yeah. After a few months, I, I thought that was the case. In the clear. And we literally, I did, I can't speak for her, but I literally kind of forgot about it. Yeah. You know, everything's going on. We're still doing our thing. Everything's normal. And then he had another one. And then that's when it got super duper serious. You're diagnosed as epileptic. And uh, now we need a plan. We need to find meds. We need to get uh, information, treatment. 
And this is our whole Spiel. frustration with the medical system. At this point, uh, we're still not getting a whole lot of information uh tools as my wife always says. We're getting some. We're getting some. We got a brochure. But not, but nothing substantial, nothing significant as far as how intrusive and invasive epilepsy is on your life now. Mm. Because it's for for a lot of people, it's a daily occurrence. People see every day, day, multiple times. There's many, many different types of epilepsy. We think there's 40-ish. Yeah. And um so it's super complicated. And and for a lot of people, it's just super debilitating. Cameron was different in the sense that he only had a seizure about every year. And so because he had so few seizures, it's kind of hard to pinpoint what's working and what's not. Yeah. We got his brain scanned. He, he wore a, a apparatus on his We went to a Rams game with a whole bunch of wires all over his head and a box on the side. We covered, wow. put a beanie on his head and, and covered up the box and went to a Rams game like that because Cameron just wanted to keep living his life. He, he wasn't going to sit around yeah. just because he was having seizures, but we were trying to figure it out. Yeah. But nothing was ever conclusive. Nothing was ever definitive as far as causation. They tried to induce seizures. You're like A lot of people seize because of flashing lights. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. That's a trigger. It didn't work for him. Okay. Uh, there was no spot or speck or any kind of thing in his, in his CAT scan in his brain. So it was really, really difficult. So they put him on a, a medicine that's very common, epileptic, anti-convulsion medicine. And so, you know, we're not sure if that's working or not, but then another year goes by. Yeah. And, and the thing about these medicines that you, you have to take them regularly. And when you're a young person and you're out doing your yeah. thing, you may or may not do that. Yeah. You may or may not get enough sleep. You may yeah. or may not smoke a joint. You may or may not have a drink. So these things are all complications in trying to do what's right and, and figure it out. Epilepsy is a type of uh, condition that they know the least about. Like it's right. the most common neurological hmm. disease, but they they don't know that much about it in, in when you really think about it because there's so many different types. Yeah. Um. And I think for us, like our big message is about, um, you know, taking that diagnosis very seriously. And if yeah. the medical community doesn't tell you it's serious, you need to know it is. Yeah. Um. Not and not to spook people, but like every everything that Cameron had in terms of his epilepsy were actually things that we thought were positive, which were actually negative. Oh my goodness. And what I mean by that is that I thought because he had them in his sleep that he was safe. Right. But actually having them in your sleep is more common associated with people dying (laughs) from a seizure. With SUDEP. With With sudden unexpected death in epilepsy patients is what he died of, which yes. is no, they, there's no etiology. There's no understanding of why, but uh, you know, how I feel about it is that he had a very bad seizure and his body just didn't breathe or his heart stopped or something like that. But like all of, there's so much stuff that we didn't know before he died. Yeah. There was so much yeah. knowledge. That Including the, the existence of SUDEP. We never heard of that. Never heard yeah. of it. We never heard of that. community could have armed us better. You know, like there's a balance between freaking a parent out yeah. and just giving them tools. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we didn't get those tools. And so wow. the Cameron Boyce Foundation, that's really what we're all about is awareness and 
you know, speaking of his legacy, I know even as hard as it is and just every day, like why this kid die? I know that people are saved because of him. Um, And no, it doesn't, it doesn't make it better. Mm -hmm. It doesn't heal me, No, but it does make me feel as though at least something good came of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Cameron was always giving of his time, especially for sick kids. We used to visit sick kids in the hospital and like we would be scheduled to see five or, you know, like a handful. Yeah. And he would go to every room on the, on the floor mm-hmm. without a doubt. And just, and, you know, I think Cameron, even after his, after his diagnosis, he was doing this. So he wasn't feeling sorry for himself and what was me. He was still going out because he knew the power that he had as far as affecting people in a positive way. Yeah. yeah. He really, really understood that. And that was something that always fascinated me because I'm not sure I would understand that at, yeah. at his age, even as a teenager. So he, he was just a giving, giving guy. Yeah. yeah. And um, like, even like silly things, like he, he, he was in a, a basketball league for like, you know, Disney kids. And it wasn't like big time stars, but it was people that were on TV and stuff. Yeah. It was called Hollywood Nights. It folded after the pandemic, but, after the game, Cameron would take off his jersey and throw it into the crowd. And I'm like, no, I want that jersey. <laughs> but he didn't care about me. That's he liked funny. to give it to his fans and give it to the people that appreciate him. And he didn't care about keeping it. Like, that's something I would have framed. And, you yeah. know, yeah. He's, I, 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 he was so different from I am as far as material things. Yeah. He wasn't materialistic, like, at all. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing I didn't get. Like, wow, why'd you just throw that away? Yeah. He didn't care. <laughs> the, the joy was in sharing it with his fans. Yeah. And that's why I think people love him so much because he was just so giving. Yeah. yeah. He would always take a picture. He would always talk to you. He, yeah. he, he never said no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another example was there were times, obviously, he talked to kids with special needs. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just took so much time with them. Like, mm-hmm. I remember one time there was a kid with autism and the, he kept running away and he was just hiding, hiding, hiding during an event and wouldn't talk to Cameron. And, you know, Cameron dropped everything and went to him and found a way Aww. to sit there with him for an hour and just chat. Yep. It was like, okay. Or he would say like, somebody would say, Hey, Cameron, can, can I please take a picture with you? And he would say, no, but can I take a picture with you? <laughs> and oh my like, gosh. <gasps> like, yeah, <laughs> they would just freak out. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah. Um, you guys touched on it, um, but you started the Cameron Boyce Foundation. Mm-hmm. I th- think you've, you know, kind of explained, but w- what is your main mission behind yeah. that? Yeah. Right now, this moment, yeah. it's awareness. Um, okay. We started with a big mission and we've sort of narrowed in. Um, reason for that is that it just quickly came to our heads that, you know, we needed to focus on epilepsy. And then, um, you know, we were focused on epilepsy awareness and research, which we're still, you know, we still donate to research, but there's so many entities out there doing that. Um, But our foundation, what we have is eyes and young eyes, which is really where the issue is. A Mm -hmm. lot of young people get epilepsy and they're going, they're becoming hormonal and they're going to college and they're, you know, and that's when it gets risky. Yeah. Um, Especially for for young men. Really? It's worse for boys. Cameron had all the typical markers of somebody who was susceptible. Wow. So what are those, if you don't mind me asking? You don't need to share, but. No, that's fine. Young men. 
dealing with a lot, like your first year of college, for example, it's, it's stressful. Stress. You, you just moved out of the house. Yeah. For Cameron, you know, he, he was transitioning from being a Disney actor to an actor that he wanted to, that, you know, mainstream. Because what he learned after Gamers Guy got canceled, that show was not good. I'll just say it. <laughs> <laughs> Gamers Guy got canceled. And after that, Cameron, it was the first time he struggled to book. Mm-hmm. So when I said he always booked, I was not. Yeah. Early on, he did. Yeah. But after Gamers Guy, he was out there in the non-Disney world and it was a little struggle for him, but I knew he would still break through. Yeah. So he had to not reinvent himself, but like, he was on a whole different kind of mission yeah. because he could see that like these casting, he didn't know these casting agents. It wasn't the same people yeah. he was used to. It wasn't the same actors. He would go into the room and people didn't know or, or, or care, you know, because they didn't take Disney actors seriously. Because yeah. like you have real actors, quotes, or in Disney actors, and they're not, they're not the same. So he had to go through that little rough patch to start again. And then just like in Cameron fashion, once he started booking, it was the same thing. He booked a pilot. He booked this. He booked that. He booked this TV show. He booked a special. He booked the HBO show uh, all the way up till the end into a movie. So um, he basically reinvented himself. And that's when my wife was saying he was so entrenched in his craft at that point because he realized if I'm really going to do this, I have to go serious. Yeah. Serious. Because, you know, with grown-ups and stuff, that stuff was silly and fun, but he wanted to be taken seriously as an actor. And that's why he, it, it's a high stress thing. Yeah. So that's another marker. Yeah. Young, male, stress. Sleep during your sleep, having seizures during your sleep, if you sleep your on your sleep. stomach. Yep. Mm. Yep. Just think all things we didn't know. He never had a seizure during the day or driving never. or anything like that. So we used uh, to worry like, if he's swimming, what if he, right. you know, anything like that. And it was never, they it was all never were during his sleep. Every Always. single all one, five. Wow. every single one while he was sleeping. And again, we were lulled to sleep, you know, so to say, so to speak, thinking he was safer because he wasn't driving right. or because he wasn't swimming right. or, or walking downstairs or something. But that's really bad because when you're sleeping and you see it's that's a that's a chance for suit up. Okay. It, it's for some reason, and we don't understand it. We don't know why. There's yeah. there's no one of the researchers that we did a grant for or, or granted money to is working on trying to figure out that causation, that correlation. Yeah. I should say it's um, circadian rhythms. You know, everything in your body has a clock, not just your brain. Yeah. Every organ in your body has a clock, which is something we learn. And if those things aren't timed outright, mm-hmm. you could have serious problems. Mm. So her theory is that maybe because the seizure is not what kills you, it's it's something after the seizure right. that kills you. Your, your your system gets switched around. Things are wired wrong for a second. Yeah. And so she's trying to figure out that that whatever's causing that. Wow. But that's just one theory out of who knows how many. There's right. many brilliant minds working on this but it's so complex yeah Yeah, and there's so many different types of epilepsy like which one do you focus on where do you start are they connected even yeah Yeah. because like cameron we said cameron had five maybe six years we don't even really know it was five or six but it was only a handful okay and people we know had kids that seized five ten times a day it's horrible and, but, but they're very debilitated or, or, and, and they're, they're learning disabled and stuff like that. So Cameron was exceptional in the sense that he was brilliant. He was a great actor. He was a great dancer. He was a great athlete. 
he could dance like crazy. He was so coordinated. And Cameron had scoliosis. Cameron, Cameron was not even straight. And he could do flips and all this <laughs> stuff. And so he, he was exceptional in that sense. But we know there's other people, like there's pro sports players that have epilepsy. We need people to come out of the shadows. Start talking about it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of our main thing. We need people to come that. out and speak on it so that we get more eyeballs on it like Parkinson's has, like yeah. cancer has. And like, Cameron's not the only person. I no, mean, one in 26 no. will have epilepsy yeah. in their lifetime. So they're out there. It's yes. just people don't talk about it. And it's always been, since the beginning of time, it's always been a stigmatized condition yep. yeah. and not talked about. And it just continues. So yeah. for us, it's like, he is the biggest name in the epilepsy world who's come, mm, right. out, you know, yeah. out, not voluntarily, but yeah, obviously, yeah. you know, we are carrying his legacy. And for us, we know this is what he would want us to do. There's yeah. definitely some people with a much bigger name recognition than Cameron that have epilepsy. Oh, heck yeah. So we would like, I mean, we, we, we do know of some, but they're, they're just not particularly vocal about it, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's understandable. You know, everybody wants to talk about their personal journey but yeah. you know it would be helpful if, if more did yeah. yeah and i'll just say like i think part of us being lulled was like for me i work um in in homelessness in la county and i would read medical records and see so many people who were dealing with who have substance use have seizure disorder uh mm -hmm. i hear so many people who have multiple seizures a day like cameron having one a year he's yeah. safe yeah. yeah yeah like he's safe yeah. Yeah. what do you mean That's they're fine how could if they yeah. have them so there's so much around proper education and yeah. proper understanding of the disease and hey listen they don't know everything that's true but you have to give people more tools yeah and that we just didn't get i remember thinking you know he's only he only has once one a year just about like after the third one maybe and I thought, man, it's going to be an issue in his life for sure. But we can manage this. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you know, the the yeah. urgency wasn't really there. No, yeah. yeah. It, and and that, in retrospect, is, was yeah. really not. Yeah. Well, totally understandable. Obviously. Yeah. I personally don't know anyone with epilepsy, but I know I've worked as a nurse, and I definitely have seen like patients with it, but. That's just crazy, like learning all of this from you guys and how like little like awareness there is about it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm thankful for, you know, the work that you guys are doing oh, through no, this. I know that you guys have impacted, you know, a lot of people and your work is definitely, you know, helping spread awareness and saving lives. And that's just, you know, we hope so. We appreciate that. That's just awesome. I do want to ask you guys about your grieving process. I know that's not a fun topic, but, you know, we love talking about it because, you know, there isn't a playbook for it. Nope. And mm -mm. everyone's story is so unique and so different. And I think hearing other people's stories, there's always something that we can take away from it. What were those first few months like for you guys after the passing of Cameron and how has that, you know, changed yeah, at all evolved. sitting here today? Yeah, how has that evolved? Have, I think we have very different we do, we do, but um, the first month, two, three, six were, it was almost like I left my body. Yeah. It, it was like, I, I said it once before and I still kind of feels this, but I, I kept waiting to wake up from a nightmare. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just wouldn't accept that it was real. And uh, 
you know, there's no describing it. And people will say, well, I, I just can't imagine how you feel. And I say, don't. You don't want to feel this. Yeah. You don't want to imagine this. It's, it's just like, why would you want to imagine that? Don't, don't even think that. But I know, you know, for, for, for Lib, she, she's involved with many support groups, multiple support groups. <laughs> Too many. Um, <laughs> and, and it works for, the first thing we did was we went and we saw, a, a, was a therapist? Yeah, a therapist. And it was like, for me, it was like, it did nothing for me. It just made yeah. me more sad. Mm-hmm. Like, who, why am I telling this stranger? I don't know. She's going to charge me money. And what, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. And I just, I was just mad and, and it just was not helpful. Yeah. But, you know, luckily, you know, Lib is connected with some really tight groups and everybody has like, their tragedy is just as big as ours. Uh, the, the only difference is most of them weren't famous. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our, 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 our thing is not unique. You know, parents lose kids, people lose loved ones all the time. I don't feel sorry for myself in that sense, but we're unique in the sense that our son was so visible that people that we don't know constantly are coming at us, yeah. you know, with, with condolences and, and, and things and asking us questions and stuff. Still, so, still, still, four years later. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's always well-intentioned. But it's not always wanted. Yeah. Mm. Because it, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's constant, constant, oh, oh, oh. And I don't want to live my life like that. I don't want to live in constant sadness. And Cameron wouldn't want me to live my life in constant sadness. Yeah. So it's really, it's, you know, I don't want to feel guilty for enjoying my life. And sometimes that's what it's like. Like, you know, I've had people say, well, how can you go on? Like, <laughs> What the? What? what are you supposed to? What you have to? Should I just curl up and die? Like no, we now we have this mission to turn this tragedy into something positive. Yeah. So that's what the Cameron Voice Foundation is all about. And as far as everything else, like I'm still the same person. I, I, I obviously I'm changed in the sense that we've suffered a tremendous loss. But what I've learned is you can suffer a tremendous loss and still do things. You can still do something. Yeah. You can do something about it. You can, you can, you can not just wither away. I, actually, I would add that I think you actually begin to live your life more intentionally. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. think we... <laughs> no doubt. I mean, COVID might have helped us quite a bit. Me and him were stuck together for, what, three years? I don't know, whatever it was. Like, yeah. we had to, uh, you know, we're very different people, uh, but yet we we've had to pull together and, and, and Mm -hmm. I think our relationship is stronger in a lot of ways, but I'll just say, you know, my experience was very different than Vic's. Um, for me, because at my work, I'm a problem solver. Mm -hmm. My whole life is like solving problems. (laughs) Give me a problem. I solve it. And so when this happened, this is not solvable. And I kept trying to use my usual coping skills to Mm -hmm. solve this problem. And it was kind of like, okay, how long am I going to feel this way? Like literally, and it's kind of like when you read about Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and grief and there's this bargaining, I was bargaining like crazy those first, you know, maybe six months to a year, just, okay, how do I get out of this? Like, what's the solution? And, you know, then the second year is like, oh shit, there is no solution. There's no solution. solution. There is nothing. Mm -hmm. 
you can go to a therapist, you can go to a support group, you can distract yourself. That's what I did a lot of. Um, Distract yourself. You can do all these things, but there is no solving this Mm -mm. problem. Mm -mm. Um, And you just kind of like have to make a decision. Number one, I know my son very, very well. I know exactly what he would want me to do. I know that he would want us to continue living. I know that he would want us to take care of Maya. I know that he would want us to be good. Yeah. I know he'd want us to um, embrace our family. I know all these things. So even though he's not here in body, like I know his heart and his heart came from us. So we just continue in that vein. We also know that he will be very proud of what we've done. Totally. Yeah. Like the last. He'd be blown away. The last. Especially at him. <laughs> <laughs> Backhanded compliment. <laughs> uh, our, our, our last gala was just tremendous. And it was only our second one. And we hope and feel that it will continue to grow and get. But I think. All the people that came and, and, and they all came for him. Yeah. They all came for him. And it was just so much love and so much support and just like deservedly so for Cameron. Yeah. And um, so I think he will be proud of that as well. For sure. He'd be proud of his best friends too. Oh, yeah. Really, oh, yeah. Who've really super done a lot involved, for. Super involved. Super dedicated. Wow. Literally ride or die. Like. Karen and, and Sophie. Yeah. Yep. Just, just unbelievable. And, and their families as well. Um, so we've been blessed with a, a strong village, as my wife likes to say. Yeah. And, um, y- you know, you need that. And that's, you know, you were asking about the grief thing, like for her support groups, for me, it's my, it's my buddies, my cycling crew Yeah. yeah. as it, as it is. And, and because it's, it's both a physical thing. And also a support thing. Yeah. And just as an example, yesterday we had a ride. We did a ride out of Malibu. And um, one of the guys who's a dentist who does very well for himself, he has a house here and he has a house in Idaho. And apparently people were asking him, why don't you just move to Idaho? Mm -hmm. And he told us, he said, we all just were sitting around. We had lunch after a ride. And he said, uh, you know, people keep asking to move to Idaho. He says, the only reason I don't move to Idaho it's because of you guys. Aww. And he was like getting choked up. I was like, wow. <laughs> but that's the kind of relationship that yeah. we have yeah. in this group. You know, it's, it's very tight knit and it's something that's been evolving kind of organically over the last 20-ish years. Wow. And, the, and the core group that we have now, it's like we, we all know that this is our support group. Yeah. yeah. Constantly. We talk about everything. Wow. Yes. I know. He's talking about me. Yeah, they talk about their wives. We <laughs> frustrate them. Oh, my gosh. For real. Everything. We talk about everything. Yeah. And it's just, Good. I'm glad. It, it's Get it me. out. Get it out, baby. Get it out. It's weird for me because I wasn't the type of person to tell things, like to talk about personal things. Never. I was never that guy. And, you know, more and more and more, because we can be vulnerable, it's a rare thing with men. You know, men tend to be clammed up. Men oh. tend to be solo. Yep. And men die earlier than women because of these things, mm-hmm. because they don't have support, because they don't talk, because they keep their feelings bottled up. Yeah. And we just let that shit out. Yeah. Which is great. And so you combine that with the physical fun and joy of the cycling. Yeah. yeah. With this, it's the best support group yeah. ever. So I, I never feel like I need to go to the one she goes to, even though 
I'm sure those are great too. Yeah. But it would be like, for me, them. it would be a start over. Them. I would have to reset yeah. and re-meet. Yeah. They're different kind of people. The, the thing that's good for me with my guys is we, ha- we have one thing in common because we're all different, you know, career-wise, yeah. even age-wise. We have kind of a big age spread. Like the youngest guy is still in his 40s and the oldest guy is like 70. Okay. So, you know, we have a kind of a big age spread, but the commonality is the cycling. Yeah. And uh, it's like, you know, golf on wheels. You yeah. know, golf course is kind of the same thing. People yeah. do deals on the golf course. They make friends on the golf course, blah, blah, blah. But the cycling thing for me is has been, it's just life changing. Yeah. You know, I was already into it as a solo person. Like, I think I would always have a bicycle. But to have these people yeah. is much more important than the bike. Yeah. Is the bike is just... The, the thing that brought us together. Yeah. I'll say one other thing, which is that we also have two rescue dogs. And mm. and like, <laughs> like we are those crazy dog people now. Speak for yourself. No, he's you're, crazy. You're sitting across uh, too. We are <laughs> nuts with it. So we didn't have dogs for a long time. And I yeah. kept bugging, bugging, bugging. And I kept finally, saying no. I no, kept no, saying no. no. And now I'm like, every dog I see, I'm like, can I pet your dog? <laughs> oh yep. my God, dog, dog, yep. dog. So they're, they're just joyful. They take me on a walk every day, two miles. You know, they're... Yeah. They just, they're just everything. Oh, yeah. the, the, pow- the power of animals. That's oh my crazy. God. Yeah. So I, I never, I've had dogs my whole life. I never felt like this. Would, I've always uh-huh. liked dogs, but now it's different. There's yeah. something different about these dogs right now. And it's a, wow. it's a powerful thing. It's healing. Yeah. It's a it's powerful healing. thing. Yeah. That is. And also that I love that you both like said community, because I feel mm. like that's something that mm. we've learned. I think a lot of people have learned since COVID, especially how important community is, oh, you yeah. know, for the big things, it's small everything. things, the heart things, it's fun everything. things. Yeah. yeah. It's everything. I mean, I, you know, he has a cycling group. I have amazing friends. I also have like a BFF who's just, you know, she's yeah. my, she's, you know, she's always there for me. And I have a n- number of really, really good friends. So we do have a good village yeah. and some together and some not, yeah, which is fine. Some, we're very, some of it overlaps, we're very which is even, even better. Like we just took a trip to the Netherlands with five couples that are all just happen to be some of my cycling group. And she hmm. gets along with the wives. And of course I love the guys and, hmm. and we had a great time. And, and it was we like, rode, it was we a rode trip. our bikes through. We home. rode flat for her. No, no mountains. <laughs> we went to the flattest place on earth. <laughs> Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was super flat. It was beautiful. <laughs> and she had an e-bike. So it was all good. <laughs> but, um, but, but the, but even more fun than the cycling was just ha- having those people and yeah. enjoying good dinners and just yeah. enjoying good times. And, and um, you know, again, I, I wasn't really like that so much growing up, you know, kind of been like, eh, I'll, yeah. I'll just go my own way. Yeah. But, you know, the older I get, the more I realize how important those relationships are. And uh, I really appreciate it because, I mean, besides your health, yeah. the material things don't really matter. It's just your health. And your relationships and everything else will follow. Yeah. yeah. You touched quickly on his friends and I mean, his legacy has changed so many people's lives. And I'm just, I'm curious from your point of view, what has it looked like from what have, have you like, have you learned anything maybe that you didn't know about Cameron from these amazing friends that he has, um, you know, coming forward with stories um, and just what what does the outpour of love from people that 
knew him and didn't know him. What has that felt like for for you guys? For me, it was just a reinforcement what we, you already for me, know. what I already knew. Mm-hmm. But I'll mm-hmm. say, you know, not so much like I, um, what I think sort of touched me is just how in every community that he was within, yeah. he was an anchor mm. somehow. Like he was sort of the one that everyone depended on for sanity, for reason, for fun, for all of those things. And, and like, I saw that because in our family, he was like that. I mean, for our family, he was when, you know, the party started when Cameron walked in the door. Okay. I'll, I'll say this too. Nothing new surprised me. I didn't learn anything new was, was your question, but to her point about, she said sanity. I thought Cameron was almost too, like, people want to tell them all his, tell him their problems and, like, how, wanted him to fix, like, like he was their therapist. Yeah. And I just thought it was too much sometimes. Yeah. Like, dude, you don't have to be there, like, like that much. Yeah. You know, because that's, that's sapping your energy. Yeah. It was just, it was almost uh, giving to a fault, mm-hmm. which I didn't really like sometimes, but that, like I said, that's just who he was. Yeah, you can't he, help he, it. He and that's me. No. And that's me. Because like I'm... Uh, Even I, you will say, okay, I'm done with this well, person. Well, because I'm 61 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Even you will say, okay, I, that's enough. Totally. But Cameron would never say no. He would nope, never say never. okay. Yeah. yeah. Even though... Even we had was, to play bad cop a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that's one thing. Um, I think also his friends, if there was something that we didn't know, I think his friends would protect him. Yeah. They would protect whatever that is and, and, and just maybe the, if they feel like they're protecting us or protecting him, either or. But I think that's what would happen. He yeah. is really, really close friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, last question I have for you guys. Talking to someone who has lost, you know, a child, a parent, a family member can be hard for the person, you know, talking to you. And I feel like sometimes when I talk to like a friend, you know, that maybe like lost their mom or something, I like almost get awkward like I almost don't know what exactly scared what to say say, how to handle it yeah I was gonna say like that people always say like time heals all wounds but that we know that's obviously like not true don't say it how like how do you yeah don't say that how like how would how would you want to be talked to if that's the correct verbiage of how to say that like what is what is the correct thing to say to someone that like shows empathy and that you care for them but isn't you know Trigger, triggering or bringing up stuff. I think it depends depends on who it is. Okay. Like how close are you to them? Yeah. You know, because strangers say things to me sometimes. And I, like I said, I know their intentions are good, but they say awkward things. So, so for me, I've learned to just like, just, just take it in stride. They don't, they don't mean anything bad or anything and just be nice and just, just reflect niceness back to them because there is no one thing. It depends on your relationship for me. I'm not speaking for her, but for for me, it depends on who's saying it. Um, You know, I had a situation where someone who should have known better that, that, that we know very tightly said something super awkward, like, like early on. And I just was like livid. Yeah. Like, what did you just say to me? Yeah. And, and then, (laughs) so I, I, I let that person know how I felt about that and why. And the very next day, they did it again. And I just couldn't. But it's, it was only because 
that's what that person would normally say. It was a, it was like a daily thing. It was a mindless thing. It wasn't like they were giving it thought what they were saying. It was like yeah. one of those things that they just say. Yeah. So I took a learning lesson from that to not get upset because like, again, I know that it wasn't malicious or, or um, flippant yeah. at all. It was just, they, they're at a loss yeah. as to what to say. And they just said something that rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. So I think for me, I just had to learn to not get offended or upset no matter what anybody says. So that, because there's really no right thing to say. Yeah. yeah. There's really no right thing to say. Um, there's wrong things to say. But again, as long as it's not malicious, yeah. I'm not going to get upset about it. I, I actually would love to, if I had time to write a book about this. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, a lot of what Vic said, but... It's really just about actions mm -hmm. more right. than anything. Yep. Like there's nothing you can say. What right. can you say? Right. I mean, probably the most sane thing I heard was no words. Yeah. Of course, people just hugged me. Like that's, and, and I took major lessons from that. A very good friend of mine, just, she's a physician and she just helped her dad pass with, a, he had a terminal illness. And, you know, I just went into her home uh, Friday and just, she fell into me and we just hugged. Mm -hmm. That's all that you need to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I still, it's still awkward. It's still awkward. I still feel like some, you know, okay, somebody had a loss. I'm not sure what to say. It was worse before my loss. Like it was really uncomfortable. So I know how people feel. Mm -hmm. I know it's just not a thing that we're comfortable with at all. Um, and nor, you know, nor should we be in a lot of ways, you know, so it's, it's really hard to know, but you kind of have to think about what your relationship is with that person. I mean, I had some weird stuff said to me. Hmm. We had mm -hmm. some weird mm -hmm. stuff said to us, um, people who are not close to us. Like I can forgive you if you're close to me, but if you're not close to me, like yeah. what? What? Mm -hmm. Like really? Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know, also, we had in, some weird. In some of her support groups, the, the things that people say to people who have lost their kids, like, oh, well, you, you have three other kids. Oh. Yeah, we didn't. We, by the way, that never happened to us. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. We've never had yeah. anything like that. Yeah. Like, but people the worst say thing, some the, really stupid shit. The worst thing that was said to us oh my gosh. was um, this should have been avoidable. Oh, that's yeah. That's the worst. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. the worst thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say, but worse, way worse for people in my support group. I'm oh, like, yeah. Just things that are like, what? Like, yeah. wh why? I mean, so you have to think about what you're saying and figure out what's the best way to support this individual. Yeah. We had a food train. We had people in our house nonstop for two weeks. We needed that. Yeah. Being there, distracting. Like my best friend who lost her husband a few years before Cameron died, just took my hand and said, we're going to get through this together. And even though, yes, mine was a child, hers was her husband, you know, it's different, but that just really helped me. And for sure, we're closer now and we, we are getting through it together and we do get together very often. She lives up north, but like we get together often and we're there for each other and we could just talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, and like my best friends, they're just, you know, the thing about it, I think the biggest message is don't stop talking about that person. Do not. Don't avoid talking about Cameron with us. Okay. Like that's the worst thing you could do because we like to hear his name. We yeah. like, you know, he, he's gone physically. And how painful is that as a parent yeah. that your child would be forgotten? 
So not, and I hear this from a lot of parents in my support group. It's that dismissiveness of like not talking about that person, not acknowledging that they're not there. Mm -hmm. This just, it just, it's, it's kind of like a slap both ways, you know? Yeah. So it's good to hear. Yeah. Well, uh, we all can learn so much from Cameron and Mm. the human that he was. Um, So I would just like to say thank you to both of you for raising such uh, an incredible example for the rest of the world. Mm. Um, And thank you for all of the work you're doing with the Cameron Boyce Foundation. Mm, You Um, you guys are doing exactly what your son would Mm. want you to be doing. And it's just, it's, saving lives yeah thank you thank you yeah thanks thank you so much for squeezing us into your day please be sure to rate review and follow our pod and check out full episodes on youtube you can follow me at taylor lautner my lovely wife at tay lautner check out the squeeze on instagram at the squeeze and also give a give a little uh, glance and a follow to lemons by tay that's at lemons by tay on instagram and lemons by and also be sure to email us lautner.thesqueezepodcast at gmail.com if you guys have any questions any guests you'd like to see we've gotten some interesting emails so far which has been awesome but most importantly please continue to talk about your journey with those around you and send our show to a friend that you think could use a little extra squeeze in their life absolutely toodles magoodles everyone magoodles This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.